2: Okay, all right, at the thirty. Okay, no problem. Um, this portion of the hood, no. This portion, but not the, two, the this eleven minutes <laughs> before this, is brought to you by Blackwell Automotive, Forty Street and Greenway. And uh, if you want to stop by there, then uh, talk to Tom, and I think you'll agree that he's a pretty good guy to uh, to trust in working on your car. Brian, we're gonna try it with you. I hope we can get through this, but Brian, you're on, and tell me what you got on your mind.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find out. Uh, My Prius has been acting up the last couple of days. uh, The red triangle light came on. We were able to get the car to restart by unplugging the battery, then plugging it back in. But then it didn't correct the problem. Because when my wife left to go to work again the, the other morning, it did the same thing again. So the battery, when we unplugged the battery, and leave it unplugged for a few minutes and then plug it back in as you clear on the code out enough to start the vehicle and get it moving. I've had that.
2: Okay. Um, are you talking about a Prius? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I want to tell you that I'm the very worst guy in the whole wide world for Priuses, but I have an answer for you. I would like very much for you to email me, Mark, at MarkSalem.com, and as soon as the show is over, um, I will email you back, and I will tell you where the best Prius guy in the world is here in town. So okay. um, he, re- he, re- he reconditions batteries, but he knows Priuses as well as I know Chevrolets and Dodges. So I don't have his information, and part of the reason is, is I'm talking on my phone, so I can't even get it off my phone, but um, I'll, I'll do my very best to get that to you just as soon as the show is over at noon. But I just can't help you because I don't know the answer.
1: Okay. And what was your email again?
2: Um, My email is Mark, with a K, at MarkSalem.com. And Salem is spelled like the cigarette. So Mark, with a K, Mark, at MarkSalem.com. Okay? Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Brian, for holding as long as you did. I apologize for the inconvenience, but I promised to give you the service I did. You'll have the information. Well, I'll have your email when I get uh, when I uh, quit the show, and I'll send you that information immediately. So, thank you very much. When it comes to cars, one of the things that I deal with all the time is is is, uh, is issues with respect to expectations and results. And there's there's some responsibility to to be shared by both of us, both the shop and and the customer. Um, I'll, I'll tell you what the shop does bad. The shop doesn't take enough time to talk to the customer and ask questions, especially someone who's qualified to ask questions. So under the best of conditions, you're talking to a service rider that's been there and done that. And when you say that the car doesn't start, then the question is, is do you mean it cranks over but doesn't catch? Or... Does it, um, it, it doesn't crank over at all. So it doesn't go, ruh, 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 ruh. is that what you're saying? Or it, and you, or it goes, ruh, 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 but it doesn't start. So that's altogether different. Those two symptoms are different in different parts of the car. For instance, a no crank is going to be a neutral safety switch. It's going to be a bad battery, bad battery connection, the starter, or a solenoid. So the neutral safety switch only lets you start it in partner neutral. And as all of you know, you can't start it in drive or reverse. So then the service rider may say to you, I want you to kind of rough house the shifter. So as you rough house the shifter, then stop and try to start it. And if nothing happens, then we're good. Then that tells us something. Then after that, the technician gets it. and He understands that when you hit the key, nothing happens. So he's likely to do this. He's going to crawl underneath the car with a hammer. (laughs) Yeah, we use a hammer when we work on your car. And uh, he's going to get his, his, his cellmate, so to speak, the guy in the, in the bay next to him. Come on over here, Mark. And he says, and when I tell you, um, I want you to, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you hold the key to the start position, and you tell me when you've done that, and then I'm going to bang on the starter with a hammer. So they all coordinate, and he goes, okay, the guy on top. All right, you ready, Mark? Yes, I am. Okay, I'm holding the key to start, and then underneath the car you get... And all of a sudden, it starts. So that tells you that it's the starter or the solenoid. So you can do that two or three times. You can take some electrical connections and and electrical equipment and attach to the the 12 o'clock position of the solenoid, which is battery power. Then the 6 o'clock position is battery power going to the starter. And then the 9 o'clock position is the trigger to start the whole thing open. So he can diagnose it. But on the other hand, it might be a situation where... He looks at the mileage of the car, 120,000 miles, 80,000 miles, whatever it is. He looks at the starter, and he knows the starter's been in there since day one. So he might say to the service rider, I can probably diagnose this as a starter or a solenoid, but I don't think that's what's in the customer's best interest. So I'm going to give you the labor and the parts for the starter and or the solenoid, but then I'm going to give you the labor and just the whole starter together. And so talk to the customer and see what they want to do. Those are the two options. And here's the price differences. So that's kind of what it's all about. It has to do with communication. The communication at the front counter has to mean something to the technician. But the fact that it doesn't start just doesn't really help us. And so the responsibility of the shop is to, is to get the symptoms and then ask about the symptoms. As you, as you well know, and I got the gun to you go, know, as you well know, It's different than I hit the key and nothing happens, and I hit the key and it cranks forever. But it doesn't start. It doesn't catch. And so those are the kind of words that we need to use, and that's what we're supposed to be doing. And I want to raise my hand and tell you, um, we don't do it perfect all the time, and neither does anybody else. Gil, who have we got?
3: We have
1: Bob.
2: Bob, good morning. How can I help you?
3: Good good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, You bet. My daughter has a 99 Isuzu rodeo six-cylinder. And not every time, but once, once in a while, the engine will just rev up to about, I mean, this, right now, while it's still warm, about 2,500 RPM, and it won't ever come back down. And then uh, next time I'll start it, it, it idles perfectly.
2: Okay. So, so let me get this straight. When you started up, let's talk about first thing in the morning, and I don't care if you're in Flagstaff or you're in Phoenix. You started up first time in the morning and it'll go all the way up to 2,500 RPM, and there's nothing you can do about it. You stab the throttle and stuff like that, and nothing changes. And then when does it come down? Is it a a minute it comes down, or is it five minutes, or do you shut it off to get it to come down?
3: Mm, Yeah, I wish I could remember, because I just worked on her car, and it did it even in the afternoon after I'd driven it. Okay, But it probably, I think I turned it back off. I can't remember. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. That's okay. That's okay. Let let me just explain. Did you just work on it, and is this problem, is, there, is it was not existent before you started working on it, and now it is?
3: <laughs> no, but that's a good question. No, it was good. Well,
2: the reason I ask you that is is, is I wanted to make sure, because if you left the vacuum line disconnected, that explains why we have unmetered air to the engine, and unmetered ether air affects the idle. And, okay. and that's kind of what it's all about. That's why I asked you that. I wasn't trying to embarrass you, and I didn't ask no, you okay. for your last name. And, of course, it's Bob, and it's a generic name, so no one knows. Um, <laughs> there's an idle air control motor um, that controls idle. And we control the idle not by fuel delivery, but we control idle by air delivery. So if we squeeze the air off that motor needs to run, it drops the idle down. If we open up this huge port that might be the size of a dime, and we open it up wide open, then it's going to go to high idle like yours does. So the question now is, now, if we have a vacuum line that's off, then that motor can open and close all it's want. But we have unmetered air being delivered to the engine, and the engine can't figure out where that air is coming from. And so it, it just knows it's going to go to, it, it sees metered air, and it goes to 2,500. This probably isn't going to be a big deal, and I don't want you to go out and buy an idle air control motor because this could be a PCV valve line that's come apart or a PCV valve that's gone bad. Again, unmetered air to the engine. It, 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 this isn't going to be a, a tough diagnosis, but it could very well be we plug something in, we replace a line, or we clean something up. It's not uncommon for us to go in and clean up the idle air control motor. We don't like to, my shop doesn't like to do that, and I'll tell you why based on the odometer. If the odometer is in the tall 80, 90,000, I really don't want to clean it because my success rate's 50, 50. If I clean it and charge you for cleaning it and it doesn't work, then I feel obligated to replace the new one, but not charge you labor because I've already charged you labor to try to fix it and not fix it. So you have no charge of labor and you put an idle air control motor in it, give it back to them. Everything's fine. And but you've really done two jobs for the price of one. So based on the mileage, we like to just go ahead and replace the part. And typically it's not anything like a thousand dollar part or anything like that. The part can be um, 150 to $200 and the labor would probably be that much as well. So it should, and I'm shooting you high numbers. I'm shooting you high numbers so that I don't embarrass myself. So no. I don't think this is a real big deal to diagnose, but I want you to listen for a hissing noise underneath the hood, okay? Listen for a hissing noise. You take a piece of, of garden hose, three foot, stick it in your ear, and wave it around the engine. And when you get close to that hissing noise, you'll know it. And um, if you find the hissing noise and it's a vacuum line or it's something that's broken, a, there's a port, a plastic port, and the line is hanging there and half of the plastic port is inside the line, then that's more than likely going to be your problem.
3: So That's would, the best I can do that, for you. Would that go ahead? do that consistently? Instead of just once in a while? I mean, because this doesn't do this every time.
2: Okay. And that's a great question, but you can only answer it after you fix it. So you can only answer it after you fix it. If you have any other questions, stay right there, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. I'm Mark Stam and I apologize for all these technical problems. We'll be back.
4: Phoenix Body Works is a family-owned and operated collision repair facility that opened in 1982.
0: You like your burger medium well, your peanut butter crunchy, and your mattress firm. It's the little things that make you, you. And you deserve a Medicare plan that fits your unique needs. That's why United Healthcare is offering more plan options than ever. So you can find just the right plan for you. Call 1-800-362-8715. That's 1-800-362-8715 to get Medicare with more. Remember, Medicare annual enrollment ends December 7th. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app. Your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24-7. Have you ever felt like you were living a life meant for someone else? If you're sick and tired of living a life that feels like a prison sentence and you're willing to entertain the idea that there's more out there for you, then tune in to the Think, React, Lead Show, Sundays at 1 p.m. Follow keynote speaker, best-selling author, and CEO Dom Falsett. Each week, he pushes you past your limiting beliefs for increased success. It's the Think, React, Lead Show, Sundays at 1 p.m. on 960 The Patriot. Take the Patriot with you wherever you go. The 960 The Patriot mobile app, your Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, and Radio.com. It's your voice of reason 24 7. Confusion ever, someone or have sudden you trouble, had speaking, understanding?
4: Understanding trouble? Have you sudden, have or speaking someone ever confusion? Have Have you you ever ever had had sudden confusion, confusion, confusion,
0: trouble trouble speaking, or or understanding understanding someone? someone?
4: It could be one of the five signs of stroke.
0: Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg.
4: Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes.
0: Suddenly having trouble walking or difficulty with balance.
4: Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere.
0: If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own.
4: It's late until... Wait. Don't too. Don't, Don't wait, wait until, until it's too late.
0: late. Time lost is brain lost.
4: Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. All about that demon, automobile, the metal monster with the wheel. Welcome
2: back, everybody. And uh, let's pull up the clock here. 34 minutes after the hour 10 o'clock. We're having to do it by phone. And so we're doing the very best we can, but you're more than welcome to to join us, like Phil has, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. There's a really good shop on 38th Avenue in Indian School that's been around for a very, very long time, 1967. Bob and Ellen own Larry Harker's Automotive and Repair. They've been around a long time. They do really good work. And frankly, Bob's one of the probably five shops in the Valley that I will direct people to that have a problem that nobody else can fix. So he's one of those guys, and he has a geographical area that if you're in that area and you've got a problem where every time you honk the horn, the uh, engine dies, then uh, I would I would refer you to Bob and Ellen at Larry Harker's Auto, 38th Avenue in Indian School. 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. And let's go to Phil. Phil, good morning.
1: Good. Good morning. Hey, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate you all the time. Thank you. Hey, I've got a 2011 Honda Accord, uh, four-cylinder, and I've um, had problems for months now. What's happening is I'll go to throttle up gently, and it'll misfire, and then the engine light will come on, and then I'll lose power. And what I've learned to do is quickly bump it into neutral, start the car again, and it resets, and I'll go, and it'll happen again, you know, very frequently so since it's been doing that we've replaced the plugs the fuel injectors and the coils and it's still happening now wouldn't okay. it?
2: well at least we know what it is don't we <laughs> yeah and
1: that was a, that was a pretty penny doing all that but we're back for a one because it happened again yesterday
2: yeah you know do you, do you have any idea what the code says
1: Uh, it'll say, I think most common is misfire in number three, maybe other details, but I don't
2: know. Okay. Um, when we have, I, I'm not going to be able to fix your car based on the information, but if, if, if the car was in front of me or any other really good shop, we would simply plug in this very expensive machine that could cost $10,000 or more. And we would plug it in, and we, we would pull up a screen, and we would monitor, monitor the timing, the ignition system, and in some cases, the fuel system. And we can at least okay. look at injector pulse width. So the question is, if it sets a code, typically the code has to be tracked backwards. So the code means the problem is in Arizona, but we have to find the city, and we have to find the street, and we have to find the zip code, and we have to find the house number. So that's okay. the process. I can't really answer your question with respect to what's wrong with the car. This, as long as it does it as often as you do, and then I can't really explain why you shut the car off and bring it back on and everything's fine for some period of time. But I want you to know that those are not questions that a good shop is going to focus on because they're going to be answered after the problem is solved. And so, you know, one of the things they'd want to do is drive it around and with a fuel pressure gauge on it to make sure that we maintain fuel pressure. But if we're driving around and all of a sudden the fuel pressure drops from 50 pounds to 9 pounds, and then we turn the key off and we turn it back on, the fuel pressure pops back up to 50. The car takes off, and then in some short period of time, all of a sudden we lose fuel pressure again. Then the question then becomes is, is, is the relay defective, or is the computer seeing that the engine has shut down so it shuts the fuel pump off, or is the fuel pump bad, or if is the fuel pressure regulator bad? Which, if it opens, it dumps all the fuel, and if it closes, it builds pressure behind it. So you can see how sophisticated all that is to work. On a one to ten scale, this is going to be a five or a six. It's Not going to be that okay. difficult. But like I said, it just takes knowledge and stuff. What part of town do you live in?
1: Uh, north uh, Phoenix. Um, I'm pretty near. Uh, is it the one on Greenway and 40th Street? Probably those folks, Black Blackwell. Uh, Mark, one, one last note. The, the computer my mechanics using did tell us at one point he showed me, he goes, look, the, um, what did he say? Oh, it looks like that cylinder is asking for more fuel. So he is that the level of detail computer that you're referring to or is it something even that is that pretty simple?
2: Starts out, look, it looks like. <laughs> Here, let me explain what I'm thinking, okay? First of all, if you just had one cylinder, that the coil was bad, the spark plug was bad, the injector was bad, all you would have is a miss. That's it. So you, instead of accelerating and going,
3: it would
2: go, that would be a miss. So I'm not real worried about a miss because because you don't have the symptoms of a miss. And I'm the last thing I'm going to do is start looking at injectors and coils and. But if you want to do that, then if possible, switch the coils around. Now, even if yeah. does this have four coils on top of the engine and the valve cover?
1: Yeah, yeah, we did switch the coils around. That's how he narrowed it down to.
2: Okay, well, if the problem moves with the coil and we go from cylinder three misfire to cylinder four misfire, and he switched three and four, then yes, but. The coil oftentimes not the problem. There's a little rubber boot on the very bottom of the coil that covers the business end of the coil and the business end of the spark plug. We call that now the wire of the boot. Uh-huh. And so that can, that can fire electricity through it. But, again, if you if you want to guess. But here's another thing I don't understand is I don't know how come the motor's dying if all I've got is 25% of the engine that's not participating. Does that make sense? Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, it, the, the okay. motor... It never quits. It just loses power and um, the engine light comes on. But I can still putt putt down the road. Um, well, uh, so. again,
2: it's a situation where one cylinder isn't going to cause that problem. You should be able to get up to 50, 60, 70, 80 miles an hour, but it's just going to take you a whole lot longer than if you had all four cylinders hit. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, there's, I, it's um, I'm not saying anything negative towards you, but there's a lot of men and women that try to get in uh, and Google their car repair problem and end up where they're doing what people are guessing. And yeah. and a lot of times, like you and I are discussing, a lot of times what they're guessing doesn't make sense. And then the other thing I have to say about that is is if he was that good working on cars and fixing them over the telephone like I'm not <laughs> because I can't <laughs> fix your car, <laughs> and then he'd be working for somebody for 100 a year. So he wouldn't be home on Saturdays, uh, you know, answering phone calls on or answering queries on Google. But I, I, I think I, I want to tell you there's there's just no question Blackwell can fix this. I'm going to tell you that most of us are going to bid this at probably seventy five to as much as two fifty on on finding it. This might be listen to my words here might be one of those things that it costs you one hundred fifty find it and thirty seven dollars and fifty cents to fix it. <laughs> and 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 that that happens fifteen uh, percent of the time, where it's a bad connection or it's something that we can oh we found it and we fixed it at the same time. But yeah. I would call Blackwell. <clears throat> I would say to Tom, "Here's my problem, and here's my. It's got a Honda Accord, and this is what's happening. And um, can you give me a ballpark estimate with respect to the diagnosis? and And most of us are gonna are, are gonna give you a diagnosis spread because we don't know what the answer is. And so I'm pretty comfortable with the Blackwells not going to be any less than probably 75 to 100 and I'm pretty comfortable that he's going to find it within $300. Okay. So okay. that's the best I can offer you.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Mark.
2: Okay, good luck to you, Phil. Okay, Gil, anybody else?
5: Hub lines are open.
2: Yeah. Okay, 602-508-0960 602-508-0960. Folks, it's really kind of easy to fix a car. We had a car come in the other day, and it had uh, a bad pull. And uh, the lady, uh, her husband had been on the Internet, and they had done a bunch of work on it. This is a true story, by the way. And so it had a bad pull, and they had had an alignment by, done by two other shops. And so it was one of those, and we don't mind these. There's four or five shops. There's there's 20 shops in town that are really good. There's more than that. Um, so. It was kind of like you're not going to be able to fix it, and we don't want to pay. And the answer and the response was, is we're going to we're going to bid you at between seventy five and one hundred twenty five dollars to find out what this problem is, and if it is an alignment problem, that'll cover it. Otherwise, we're going to go drive it and we're going to check some stuff first. So they agreed to that, and they were rather they were a first time customer, and I don't think that they really believed (laughs) it. So. The shop foreman takes it for a ride, and it's got a good good pull to it. And so he brings it back in, and he's a 32-year veteran. He wasn't born yesterday, and he doesn't care if it's a Honda, Toyota, a big truck, a small truck. He doesn't care. He knows that the the geometry of the front end is what it is. So he swaps the front tires. He takes the driver's side and puts it on the passenger side, the passenger side on the other side, and it goes straight down the road. <laughs> now, swapping the front tires is the first thing you do on a pull. That's it. That is that is just like the first thing you do when you get home is say hello to your wife and maybe give her a kiss. It, it's just the first thing. So now he sits on the alignment rack, and the alignment's fine. We got a bad tire. It's got a tire pull. He moves that tire to the back, brings the other one to the front. It's just fine. He gives them the keys, and I think they charged him 100 bucks. So that's the issue and of course they had spent a whole lot more money than that 6025080960 and we'll be right back
0: Let's face it, we love Alexa, and we love to let her find your favorite radio station. This one, of course. But she could find us easier if we taught her a simple skill. To get started, simply say, Alexa, enable the Patriot Phoenix skill. After she confirms, you can then say, Alexa, play the Patriot Phoenix. That's all you have to do, and Alexa will learn how to find us. You can listen to us through your Amazon Echo, Echo Show, Echo Dot, and Amazon Tap devices. Alexa, what's your favorite radio station?
1: That's easy.
4: Intelligent Talk. 960 The Patriot.
0: All across the nation, we are here for our communities.
3: We're doing our part to get supplies where it's needed in order to fight COVID-19 together.
5: It feels good to be out there to assist our community. I would like our friends and family to know that your
0: National Guardsmen are always ready and always there. Visit NationalGuard.com to find out more. Sponsored by the Arizona Army National Guard. Aired by the Arizona Broadcasters Association and this station. Hey, folks, it's Seth Liebson. After a year filled with bad and hard news, my friend Solar Sandy has some good news. No power bills and no solar panel payments for one year. You heard me right. If you go with Solar Sandy, she'll pay your power bills and solar panel payments for one year. No matter your politics, a power rate increase is coming next year. I say skip it. In fact, skip power bills altogether. How about that for good news? Just click on AskSolarSandy.com to get started. That's AskSolarSandy.com. There's always a moment of truth where I say, look, it's either put up or shut up. And it was time to put up. I had crossed that thin line. It was 100-plus degrees. We were hot. We were on fire. We were yelling our hearts out. You could feel the intensity rising. Even in our tiredness, even in our weakness, even in our pain, we continue to push. I told myself, you can suck up the pain for another mile and a half, and you will be a Marine. Not many people believe that I could do it. I don't know where I got the energy from. I don't know where the pain went to. But all I know is that I had what it took. I am a United States Marine. BFC Darrell Willis serves his country as a Marine. Will you? Visit Marines.com or call one 800 Marines? The few, the proud, the Marines. Patriot app tip number six. Find the latest articles from Town Hall, Hot Air, or even the most recent posts from Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Dennis Prager, and more. All on the Patriot app news feed. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information.
2: Well, welcome back, everybody. 48 minutes after the hour of 10 o'clock. and My name's Mark Salem, and we're having technical problems. But I think Gil and I have gone back to the Fred Flintstone days, and uh, we're able to bring a halfway. Excuse me, decent show. Uh, I'm on a cell phone, (laughs) and and so I'm calling in like you call in at 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Action Auto Repairs up at I-17 in Deer Valley. I've known Tom since 1983. He's a good guy. He's been around a long time. And when I, when I first met him in 1983, he was actually associated with those big box scopes, if you remember those. The big box that was going to tell us how to fix cars and fix your cars without any input from humans. Well, today we know that was half true because it had software that walks you through it. But Tom could make that machine dance. So Action Auto Repair, I-17 in Deer Valley, good guy. He's on the northwest corner. Coy, good morning. How can I help you?
3: Uh, yes, sir. Uh, good morning to you as well. Uh, I've got a pretty simple one, I think. Uh, I've got a uh, an older Jeep. It's a 1971 CK5 with the uh, V6 Dauntless engine. Everything's original. Uh, it's a start. Uh, it's a a fuel problem. It's not uh, not with the uh, well, I don't know. If it's a fuel pump or not. I better not say that. But it, uh, once I it get it running, I sometimes have to prime it Once it's set there for like a week or something. I have a steel pot I stored in out on 40 acres on between Kearney and Florent. And uh, when I do that sometimes, if it's been a while since I started, uh, it'll just about run the battery down cranking. But I can put a little fuel in, it'll bring it up. So I'm thinking maybe a leak in the fuel line somewhere, but it's not dropping any uh, any fuel that I can see up that. I can't get down underneath the vehicle like I used to. I'm 74 years old and uh, okay. uh, bone cancer issues, so I can't. I can't really you know get down like I used to. But I don't smell any fuel. Uh, any ideas where I might uh, kind of start there, uh, different than what I've done? Uh,
2: oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I do. First of all, you're right. If you had a fuel leak, you'd, you'd smell it. There'd be no question, especially something that was as big as what you're suggesting. I know. For certain that the problem is either the accelerator pump in the carburetor or we're leaking the bowl dry okay the accelerator pump in the carburetor is a little leather skirt that's a cup and as it pushes down when you throttle pump it and pump it it squirts fuel into the engine or into the carburetor now you take the carburetor off can you look down the carburetor down the throat of it
3: Yes, I'm not there right now, but uh, I'm en route uh, from Coolidge. I live in Coolidge, and I drive out there got okay. forty acres. That's okay. Okay.
2: Uh-huh. I want you to I want you to get it running, and I want you to go drive it for 15 minutes. Okay. Then, and you can take the air filter off, but I don't want you out in the farm fields. I just take the air filter off, and so you're going to drive it around, and then you're going to park it. You're going to shut the key off, and you're going to look down the throat of the carburetor, and you're going to have somebody just pedal it to the floor and they're going to go yep i'm on the floor yep i'm on the floor i don't want them to stab the pedal and fan the pedal the accelerator pedal you're looking down the throat of the carburetor okay and i and this is the engine's off okay this is after you've driven it a while we got it all warmed up and stuff you shut off the key you pump the throttle you look down the throat of the carburetor and there should be a nozzle and it squirts a small stream of gas into the throat of the carburetor, and the nozzle's likely to be in the top third of the top of the carburetor. You with me so far?
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm following you.
2: Okay. Okay. So we're looking to see if the accelerator pump is squirting, okay? Then the next time it won't start, you're going to do the same thing. You're going to take the lid off, you're going to pump the throttle, and I'll bet you the accelerator pump isn't squirting. That's why you're having to prime it. So at this point, then I'm thinking we're draining the fuel out of the carburetor into the engine, and what we're what happens is is when the fuel the swimming pool drops below a certain amount, then the fuel or the accelerator pump can't pump fuel into the engine. So you say you crank it over, crank it over, and crank it over. What you're doing is refilling the carburetor. Pretty soon it starts back up, or you're priming it and kind of shortcutting that. So the real question is, is is the accelerator pump working hot and cold? Is it working when it's warmed up and running fine? But, of course, we're doing our testing with the engine off and the key in your pocket. And then number two, when it's cold and been sitting, is the accelerator pump working? Now, I know what you're thinking. You're going to go buy a rebuilt carburetor and stick on there. (laughs) I know what you're thinking. I'm guessing what you're thinking that's not a good idea because oftentimes if this is an accelerator pump problem we're talking about 50 bucks to put an accelerator pump in that carburetor okay so um, and you're down in Coolidge in Florence yes
3: uh, yes sir yeah yeah it's a remote. Okay. I'm about uh, uh, 20 miles out of Florence matter of fact on the old Florence Kelvin highway but uh uh that that'll help tremendously i'll I'll do that next time i have my brother or somebody with me out here i'll uh, i'll have them work with me and uh, we'll see uh trying to thank you know, okay. make sure it's uh spraying the uh the fuel down in there yeah and now okay uh, uh, your name was mark was it or
2: yes my name is mark
3: uh yeah yeah mark i'm sorry i, I forget sometimes anyway uh it's uh uh, once I start it, if I put a little fuel in it and have to, have to uh, prime it, uh, it's good the rest of the day. I can let it sit for hours and I'll uh, be down there doing some work out on the land and go back and start it, and it just starts immediately. But uh,
2: Okay, okay. All
3: right, let me explain that.
2: We have a little drip in one of the little plugs in the bottom of the bowl, all right? As you drive it in all day long, that thing's dripping a drip every four or five minutes. And so at nighttime, it drains the bowl completely, but through the day as you drive it, you never experience the problem because the leak isn't big enough, and it only raises its ugly head when you let it sit overnight. But the most important part is is you need to see that accelerator pump squirt, and that's the reason why I'm having you drive it and I'm having you look when you, after you've driven it and everything is okay. I need you to see what it looks like when it's okay. Then when it, you crank it over and it doesn't start and normally you put fuel in it, then I want you to just pump the accelerator and you'll go, wait a minute, that nozzle's not squirting any gas like it did when I checked the motor was hot. Now, if you want to guess and the accelerator pump isn't working, like I said, if you want to buy a rebuilt carburetor and stick it on there, I think your success rate is 75%. Okay. All right. All right. And, and here's do you have email? Uh, yes, I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, my, my email is easy to remember. My name is Mark Salem, like the cigarette. And so my email is mark, with a K, at marksalem.com. Mark at marksalem.com. That's easy. So if you have any questions, let me know. And uh, meanwhile, i got a couple of cowboys down there in Florence and Coolidge, and I'll see if I can find a shop that they that they like and trust. But I think you and I can fix this. I think okay. I think once you call, I want you to send me an email and say, I see the nozzle. I w- it squirts fuel. And when it's cold and it's all night, it, it doesn't squirt. Bingo. We're, we're nine into ten steps done. Yep. Yep. That,
3: that, that, okay. That's what you told me, Mark. I appreciate okay. that. Thank you for dying. Okay. Have you a great weekend?
2: Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much, Coy. Tom, I got—I only got two minutes. I'm going to take you on the other side of the break too. But Tom, let me just greet you and you, just let me ask you a couple questions. What year, make, and model of car are we talking about?
3: I've got a 2015 Mitsubishi.
2: Okay. And just quick, uh, what? What situation do you have? Is there a vibration or a hard start or what's what's going on?
3: No, it's just a maintenance question about an oil
2: change. Oh. Okay. All right. Do you know what kind of oil you're using? Is it a semi synthetic or a synthetic yes, or a uh, conventional semi-synthetic,
3: oil? Semi uh, synthetic. which is what the manufacturer recommends. And okay. the the question is about uh how often should I change the oil? Right? During
2: COVID, I can add, I
3: I don't drive very much, okay? Okay. And okay. Okay. Short?
2: All right. I, I got one question before I take the break, but you stay there cuz I'm going to talk to you on the other side of the break. How many miles are on the car?
3: 60,000, a little over 60,000. And how many miles do you
2: drive a year?
3: Uh, it's it's less than 8,000.
2: Less than 8,000. Okay, I already have an answer, but I'm going to make you wait. <laughs> because uh, I, I think I, I have to ask you a couple more questions, but I can answer your question. I'm an oil expert for both Vaveline and, and Chevron. I've been to classes. I know how they make oil, and I know all the new oils, and I understand all those questions. So let me put it to you this way. Mark, there's three kinds of oil, conventional, semi-synthetic, and synthetic. Do they have different oil change intervals? Yes, they do. What are they? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you on the other side of the break because now I'm 20 seconds away from having to say, just I'll be back with you in four, five, three or four minutes. Nevertheless, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. My name is Mark Salem. You're listening to KKNT 960 where we broadcast out of Phoenix and hopefully you can hear us wherever you're at. Well, obviously you can because you're hearing me now.
0: This was a paid program and was provided for informational purposes only.
5: Let's say you've decided to build a bicycle from scratch. Sounds like an impossible project for
1: my skills, but let's